Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, today's podcast is super exciting. Um, I have been trying to think it's coming to the end of the year. I've almost been podcasting for one whole year and I have people come up to me on a regular basis asking about Sarah. So if you guys all go back to March, my 22nd podcast was an interview with my good friend, Sarah and Sarah's husband, Jamie had died of colon cancer in 2018. And, um, Sarah shared her story about her loss and how she was moving forward. And, um, in the meantime, Sarah found love. So I reached out to Sarah and I asked her if she would do an interview with me, with her new husband, Terrence. So all of you guys get to meet Terrence and you get to hear how they fell in love and you'll hear their story. So Sarah and Terrence, welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's nice to be here. Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Sarah, I did I get the right year with Jamie? I'm sorry. Well, it was 2018, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So um let's Terrence, I want to first start with you because everybody kind of knows Sarah's story from the interview that I had with her. And again, I tell all of you, if you haven't heard Sarah's podcast, go back and listen to it before you listen to this. Um, Terrence, can you tell a little bit about like where you grew up and about your life, um, before you met Sarah? Yes. Uh, I grew up, uh, pretty much my whole life in Portland, Oregon and not in the surrounding area, but actually in Portland. And, uh, um, then we, after we went to school at BYU, my wife and I, we moved back to Portland again and, uh, we raised our, our four children there. We have to two boys and two girls. And uh, I was a corrections officer with Multnomah County, the, the county in Portland. Uh, and uh, we decided to retire, I think it was uh, um, 2017. And uh, um, a year and a half later, after trying to live a retired lifestyle, my wife was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. Um, in her appendix of all places, and uh, it was already stage four. So we spent uh, the next two years uh, um, fighting that with uh, chemo. Um, it, we had a, a couple of signs early on that it might be working a little bit, but then it, it just went downhill from there. Um, in April of 2020, we went down to San Diego and got a, an operation where they took it. It was the cancer had spread throughout her entire abdomen because it had burst out of the, the appendix. Um, so they went in and they took out everything that you don't need to live out of your, her um, abdomen, scraped all the lining off and then bathed the whole thing in, in heated chemo for an hour and a half. It was about a 12 hour operation and uh, we were really hoping that 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 would that we would get something out of that. But in in fact, uh, she was never the same. Uh, she lost thirty pounds that she didn't have to lose. Um, weighed about ninety pounds after that. Um, 
and uh, she lived another, I don't know, five months. Uh, but um, I'm sorry. The, the day after Thanksgiving last year, um, she passed away. So uh, all our kids were there, and uh, it was is pretty peaceful. She um, actually died of uh, um, because hemoglobin was kept dropping, and so um, she's got continually less, more and more tired and sleepy, and it really wasn't painful. And that was her big uh, the thing she was really scared about. Anyway, um, so that was uh, just just over a year, just about a year ago. We just had her anniversary of her death uh, right after Thanksgiving. Um, is there anything else you want? Yeah, to know? well, I was going to say, how did you um, how did you get through the holidays with your kids and having Lynette pass away? How did you emotionally get through that? Um, well, having almost two years of fighting it, you kind of have a little bit of, of, you have time to kind of adjust and think. And uh, I remember in, uh, I think it was late September, um, I was thinking, you know, we knew that she wasn't going to make it. And uh, um, I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm a tough man person. I can handle this. I'm ready. For this to happen and then um, her hemoglobin dropped and, and we rushed her to the hospital and, and gave her a, a transfusion and it was really touch and go and i remember thinking i'm not ready i you know i thought i was emotionally ready but i was not and uh but you know when it happens you, you have to you don't have any other options but to push on and, and keep going. So um, we just, as a family, tried to do everything like we'd done before. Um, and uh, um, I think, you know, people ask me, was that really hard, you know, th with Christmas coming up? And I think I was just kind of numb about it. I, I don't remember being uh, it being particularly hard, but I do remember that, uh, um, the New Year's Eve was really hard for me because it felt like a chapter. I had just turned a page. It was a new year and I was leaving that behind. And uh, that, was, that was actually harder than Christmas in my opinion. Was the new year. Yeah, the new year. So Sarah, um, you, Jamie had been, had passed away and you had made a decision. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you had decided that you would like to find companionship and love again. So what happened? When did, when did you feel like, you know what, I would like to start dating slowly and just try to find love and, and kind of share the story building up to meeting Terrence. Well, I, um, after about a year, I thought, oh, at some point, you know, maybe I'll date. I don't know. I wasn't sure. 
but I, because there were things that I wanted to do in the future that I knew would be hard to do. Like Jamie and I had had plans and goals and I still wanted to do some of those. And some of them like, um, we had planned on serving Spanish speaking missions and other travel. I knew it was gonna be hard to, to do by myself. And, um, and so I, but I wanted to make sure I was in a good place. I just knew that I couldn't start dating and want, you know, I knew that it was unrealistic for me to expect to, you know, find another Jamie. So I just wanted to be in a good place because I didn't think that would be fair to the people that I dated. And so, um, so I waited several years and then, um, about, um, uh, about a year and a half ago, or a little over a year ago, uh, I told my kids I, that I was um, thinking about dating. Just, um, I had been advised just to kind of give them heads up because I knew it was going to be hard for them. <clears throat> and I think my sons were just sort of much in denial and said, okay, fine but we don't really think anything's going to happen. And then um, my, my daughters are really helpful. And so I started to date and Allie kind of helped me and gave me advice. She was, she was really the most supportive and Kendra really came on board too. I think it was just so hard for them. Um, I think the thing that's been most difficult for my children is to know that their children won't know their father. I think that's a big part yeah. of the loss for them. Yeah. And by the way, that was uh, Lynette's, one of her greatest fears or concerns was that her grandkids uh, wouldn't remember her. Um, my grandkids are a little older than hers. So they were, when she passed, we had two seven-year-olds and a couple of six-year-olds. And um, so they will remember her, but uh, that's one of the challenges is to help them re remember her so that she's not lost in their memory. Yeah, and my we have a lot of pictures in my home. There's a lot of pictures in Kendra's home, my daughter's home, and they have a name for Jamie. He's called Papa, and um, so at this point, that's how all the grandchildren refer to him, and they talk about him. I mean, the the parents will talk about them and tell them about Jamie a lot. Um, and so anyway, I um, I did start dating, and um, I was amazed. That I got a date. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to put this in. If any of you have ever seen Sarah, you should not be amazed, Sarah. She looks like she's in her 30s and she's gorgeous. And <laughs> of course, you should not have been amazed. But, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I did, I did date, and um, and it, it was really, to be honest with you, it was very, very hard. I think it's hard at our age it's just been so long to go out and date. And I remember the very first date I went on. Well, it wasn't the first, but I mean, it was the first that I thought maybe would matter. And um, I literally was so nervous. I knelt down and said a prayer <laughs> in my office before I met them at the restaurant because I was so nervous. Because it's just really, it's really a hard thing, awkward. But I did get kind of used to it. And I did, um, had some fun trips met some people, 
Um, but I hadn't really, um, about six months later, I just realized I hadn't really, I was kind of discouraged and I hadn't really met anyone that I thought was a possibility. And so I, I recognized like, I might not meet somebody, you know, this is possible. And a friend, I was talking to a friend about it and she gave me some really good advice. Cause she, you know, we talked about what, what my goal was. And she said, you know, when you pray about it, you should pray for someone that you could serve with. And I thought that's a really good idea. Cause really that was kind of the, one of the big losses with Jamie was, it was just easier serving with my husband. <clears throat> and for the future, it would be easier. It just, I could do more. And so I actually did pray for that. And then I also prayed that if I was going to meet somebody, and I remember saying, I realize this is completely unfair, but I need somebody that can move down here because <laughs> I have a law practice and I didn't see how I could move. And I knew my children were going to all end up here. And we also had a vacation property an hour away from here that we all went to all the time in the summer. And I just thought, I can't really leave this area. I was willing to be flexible and work something out, but I was hoping that that I wouldn't leave this area permanently. Well, he answered your prayers. <laughs> did you, did you have any other um, criteria? Like as you were dating, like doing, going on different dates, were there things that you saw in some of the men you were with? You're like, you know, um, I, I know that I want this, or I know that I don't want that. Yeah, I think I did. It was like, um, it was like when you're 20 and you're dating and you're figuring it out, it was like figuring it all out again. And, um, I was really, uh, Jamie was very kind and a patient man. And, um, I, so that was important to me because I just, I, you know, I help people through divorce and I've counseled many women over the years when they're contemplating divorce. And I, I just, and I've seen a lot of marriages and I just wanted to make sure I was with somebody that would treat me respectfully every day. And, um, I didn't want to be in a situation where I was bickering with somebody all the time. And, um, and I, so that mattered a lot to me. I also learned pretty early on in dating that it was important to me to, um, find somebody that was really a solid background in the gospel and had the same beliefs as me, because <clears throat> I realized that my church was a really a big part of my life. And I just, I just came to realize that that was really important to me. So those were kind of the criteria. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Terrence, when you, uh, would you be, be willing to share when you decided in your mind, I want to have companionship. I want to find love again. What kind of process did you go through and how did it come to be that you and Sarah connected? Well, um, Lynette and I had over the years, you know, talked about, well, what if one of us dies, that kind of thing. I think most couples do that at some point or another. Um, so it wasn't like we'd never talked about that and I think we always knew that um well she always felt that she would go first and so the conversation was always whether I would get remarried and I don't think there was any uh thought that that wouldn't happen and I knew that I wouldn't be happy again and 
the first three months uh, after she passed were, were really hard. And I knew that I would never be happy again by myself. Just, I just knew, you know, some people say that they have to, after their spouse, they have to find themselves. I didn't need to find myself. I knew exactly who I was. I knew exactly what I needed, what I wanted. And so I didn't have to wait around and try to determine who I was. I already knew that. So we had already, even before she passed, we had talked about me getting remarried. Um, she uh, wasn't really excited about the idea, um, but she just, she had one request that that I don't um, get sealed to somebody in the temple, somebody else. Okay, she was very adamant about that. And I said, okay, I can live with that one. So that was one of my criteria is uh, that uh, that wasn't gonna, that wouldn't be an issue. Um, so what uh, us getting together is kind of a complicated story. Uh, we um, have all the time you can share it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, so New Year's Eve of, uh, um, what was it, 20, so 2019, coming into 2020, uh, I had, a, uh, my oldest son was 34, he'd never been married, and really hadn't done a lot of dating or anything, so uh, part of our tradition is, because we have a, a son-in-law who's Mexican, is we have our, our glasses of uh, sparkling cider, and you put 12 grapes in, and you have to eat, every time you eat a grape, you make a wish. It takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, we all decided that our grapes were going to be so that Navarre would find uh, find a spouse. And uh, so we did that. That was New Year's Eve. So it was like after 12. Um, that morning, we went to a, a, a kind of a breakfast thing that a, a member of our ward would do every Christmas, I mean, eat every New Year's Day. And while we we're there, um, this family walks in from the next neighboring ward, and it's a girl that Navarre had met at the singles ward and had contemplated asking her out, but he's so slow. That's why he's never married, because he was so slow about asking that by the time he asked them, they were already dating somebody else. So um, when they walked in, and I, I said, go talk to her, get her number, and ask her out. Well, he did. They started dating that day, and... A year later, they were married. So, uh, um, turns out, uh, I, you know, during that process, I met um, her mother, uh, Sarah. I'm not Sarah. Um, Sydney. Mm -hmm. Turns out, Sydney is Sarah's sister. <laughs> and uh, so, I didn't know this at the time. I had no idea. But after they got married, I decided to start looking at, at dating. And uh, I was part of a, well, there's a, a sister in our ward who runs the Oregon LDS Facebook page for widows and widowers. And so she got me onto that Facebook page. And uh, in that process, I was looking <clears throat> through all the people in the Oregon you know, Facebook page. There was like 70 people. And I was looking through there, see who's on there. And, and there was this, this Sarah Castleton. And Sarah's sister goes by Castleton. She didn't change her name when she got married either. <laughs> and so, and I looked at her picture, I'm like, man, that looks a lot like Grace's mom. And so I checked her out on Facebook and on her Facebook page, there was a picture of Sarah with her kids and Sydney's son was in that picture. And I'm like, what? 
Turns out it wasn't Sydney's son, it was her son, but looked so much like Sydney's son that I was like confused. So I messaged her and asked her if she knew Grace. And that's how we that's how we met. So it wasn't even because of the our, you know, the wedding. We met after the wedding and because of the Facebook page. Now, Sarah, you didn't go to the wedding reception, right? Right. It was in January. It was the middle of COVID. And I was um, a month away from getting vaccinated. And I work with a lot of elderly people. And I was concerned that there wouldn't be social distancing there. And I, which there wasn't. <clears throat> yeah, which you did. <laughs> so it was good. People was, wore masks, but they were like right next to you. Good judgment on my part. I just didn't want to take a chance of getting um, COVID when I was so close to being vaccinated. And it, it just, there's, many parts of my life that that would affect. So um, yeah, so I didn't go. Um, and um, when you got the message from Terrence, what did you think? Did you think anything at all? Or were you just like, Oh, this is Grace's father in law and what anything? Yeah, well, I think I had seen him make some comments on the um, <laughs> LDS widow widowers Facebook page, but I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Because I yeah, I just, I just didn't. And, but um, I just, I guess what I thought was, I thought he's recently widowed and he probably could use a friend. That's what I thought, to be honest, because I just understood a little bit of the process and where he was maybe at. <clears throat> and so we did um, talk and. Yeah, we, we messaged, you know, on Facebook messenger for a couple of weeks. And then my birthday was coming up and I thought, this is a good opportunity. I'll ask her out for to celebrate my birthday, which it worked. You know, it was pretty transparent, but it worked. <laughs> um, interesting thing is that when we had decided to go to this restaurant right across from her, uh, her practice, her, her office. And uh, so I'm waiting outside and here she comes walking up. And I was thinking, my first thought was, wow, she's even better looking than her picture. So <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that was a good start right there. <laughs> Good. So what did you, as this, these feelings began to grow and transform, were there um, emotions that you were trying to consider knowing that this was all new for both of you and you well, go ahead. You asked, her, you asked her what, uh, what, you know, she was looking for, you know, and I had a couple of criteria. I wasn't like, I didn't have it like down to the minutiae or anything, but um, one, she had to be good looking. I'm sorry, I'm a guy. I had I had a standard, okay. <laughs> um, uh, second, kind of like her, uh, I wanted to stick nearby. All my kids and grandkids are living here in Oregon, uh, closer to Portland. So I really, you know, didn't really want to go somewhere else. I wanted to stay close by, but. As with Sarah, the most important thing for me was that she was strong in the gospel. Uh, Lynette was, all our kids are, we're just our families that way. And I, that was really the ultimate most important thing um, for me. And I, because I, I always feel like if, uh, if you're really strong in the gospel and you really to work at it, you can make almost anything work, you know, if you, if you put in the effort. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Those, those are my kind of my criteria. So Sarah, when did you start feeling that you were falling in love? 
I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you when for me, it was the third date. <laughs> I'm very quick and I figured out exactly, you know, what I wanted she, and she was it. So I, uh, she was really the only person I dated. I've talked to a couple of women, but the first one I'd really dated. And I told her the other day that I, I felt like I hit a home run on the first swing. Okay, so um, after so after our first date, you know, uh, Terrence walked me to the car and he said, "Would you like to go? Would you like to go out again?" And I said, "Sure." And then um, I got in the car and I told him this that um, he's the first person I went on a date with that I thought, well, maybe, <laughs> like maybe I can fall in love with him. It's a possibility. <laughs> I am much more cautious than him. I mean, he just sort that of is true. jumps in, but I was much more cautious. You know, I wasn't counting on anything. But <laughs> yeah. And then he actually wrote me this really nice uh, message when he got home and just said, look, you know, um, which I thought was really, uh, really nice. And he just said, hey, I, you know, I had a great time and all that. And he said, and you said that you would be, willing to go out again but it's really okay if you were just saying that to be nice you know here's your out <laughs> and then he said but obviously I'd like to go out again but I just want you to know that's okay and I did feel that because um his son was married to my niece I needed to handle this carefully <laughs> because I knew that one way or the other I would run into him again <laughs> yes well, you know I just didn't want her to say yes just to be nice, you know, I, I only wanted her to say yes, if she really felt something, you yeah. know, so. But anyway, so I said, no, I would like to, I would too, but I'd like to take it slow. And he said, oh yeah, we can totally take it slow. We, we couldn't take it slow. <laughs> I could take it slow. <laughs> he could not take it slow. You know, I don't know what people's idea of slow is, but even from the beginning, we were, we saw each other at least twice a week. And that's, I live an hour and a half away. So, I mean, it was, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't think that's slow, but she was perfectly okay with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell more about the dating though. Like if you got together twice a week, what did you do for your dates? Well, it's so hard to remember, but I mean, he he came down here most of the time and um you know like I think our second date oh our second date I was giving him some grieving books <laughs> because I was still trying to be his friend and I thought he should do some reading I did a lot <laughs> of reading after I lost my husband <laughs> so we drove down and ate, we had dinner that was one and then we went on a hike on another one um, um and I went to my first movie after COVID, well, you know, that I had been to for like a year and a half from COVID, and that was really fun. But the, the fact is, we didn't really do that many things. We just lived. And I, we, I, I told my kids, they'd go, well, what'd you guys do? You know, and I said, we just lived life. We, I'd go with her, to, we'd go to the store, I'd go grocery shopping, or we'd, uh, go visit somebody or whatever life was happening that's what we did and uh i thought that was great i didn't have to you know come up with dates you know to we saw each other in life 
in the things that we would do that we're doing now. Uh, we made dinner together. We, you know, she, it was springtime. So we potted a bunch of plants. I didn't think we needed nearly half that many plants, but uh, we potted a lot of plants. <laughs> I mean, I work all day. I have only so much time to get stuff done. I warned him that's what I would be doing. I'm planting tonight, but he was like, no, that's totally fine. And yeah. he would, he helped me. So yeah. You know, life, life isn't, you know, after you get married, life isn't going on dates every night or something. You live your life. You do normal everyday things. And that's what we did for our dates for the most part. And that's exactly what I wanted. It was, it was perfect. Sarah, when did you, during the dating process, start to realize I love him? I'm, uh, I don't know. I mean, I really just, uh, I mean, there was a lot of, I had a lot of feelings throughout it. I think, um, you know, there was a, I know, remember there was a point where I said to him, I feel like I just have one foot in my previous marriage and one foot into this relationship. Like it was really, it was a little hard to make that transition. I had a lot going on too. And at one point I did tell him, I just, um, I, I had a hard time trusting his feelings for me because I knew he they were had, too quick. <laughs> I, knew he, I knew he hadn't dated a lot of other people and I just didn't, I felt that was um, important. Um, you know, I had dated other people so I could kind of figure out what I wanted at that point. So I really actually did encourage him and I was fine with that to go out and date other people because I just- I tried that for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he didn't drink <laughs> No, I really did. I really tried, but uh, you know, I, when I was a young man, uh, I, I really liked this one girl and, and, but my mom wanted me, my parents wanted me to date other people it was before my mission, you know, and, and uh, I said, but this is the one I like. And uh, my dad said, you know, dating someone else would be like putting on wet socks, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I felt like that. She goes, she goes, you need to go date other people. And I'm like, I don't want to, that would be like putting on wet socks, you know, <laughs> so, um, it's kind of, well, kinda... and Terrence, you probably were like, if I've got the cream of the crop, why do I want to go look in the field for something else? <laughs> it's absolutely true. And, you know, I always tell people when they're, they're, you know, especially like young people, um, that you got to follow the spirit because you don't know what the future holds. Um, you can't have all these criteria that they have to meet because after you get married, they might get ill. Uh, they may change. I mean, you, you just have to follow the spirit. And for me, fortunately, um, I have felt like the spirit told me really soon, this is the one, you know? So why would I want to go looking for the wrong one? That just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> I think for me, it was more of a gradual yeah. thing because I just, you know, I'm pretty cautious anyway. And I, um, I think for me, it was more about wanting to do the right thing and making sure that it was the right decision. And, and, and I know when, when he, you know, if I felt pressure that, that was really kind of turned me in the opposite direction. And I did have a lot going on and a lot I was dealing with, with my family and so, but, you know, he was a, just a really good support. And I think as 
the closer we got to that point where I thought we should make a decision, I felt more and more sure about it. And, you know, the other thing is, is that when we did decide to get married and um, I, it was still a big jump for me, but the closer I got to our wedding date, I felt more and more sure it was the right decision. And to me, that was a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Her oldest daughter, Kendra, once told me, um, my mom takes a long time to make a decision, but when she does, it's always the right one. And she, she's going to be hundred percent behind this. And I said, okay, I'll just have to wait this out. <laughs> well, and too, Sarah, that was like with Jamie, it took time for you to fall in love with him. It did. And I told him, I told him right from the start, I said, look, I won't make you wait two years. Like yeah. <laughs> I will try to make it. I'm older, more mature. I can make a quicker decision, but I need to, I need to feel, feel right about it, you know? And, mm. and I did. And, you know, I think for me, I, and I think love is something that grows, you know, over time. Like when I think about the love I felt for Jamie, when he passed away, that was so different from the love I felt for him when I first married him. You know, I mean, I was really in love with him then, but it just something that grows over time. And so I felt that more with, with this. And I also felt that the longer I was with Terrence, you know, it's kind of like what, what he said is that he had these characteristics that were very similar to Jamie's, the ones that mattered. He's very different from him in other ways, but like his, you know, belief in the gospel, his patience, his kindness, and he's really very kind to people. And um, that mattered a lot to me um, because Jamie was very kind. Um, so, yeah. I almost wish I could I could meet uh, Jamie, you know, because all I ever hear is, you know, people talk about him, but I don't really, I never got to meet him and know what he's really like. Um, I probably won't in this you life. You but, will you one know. day. He was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I wouldn't expect Sarah to choose anything but amazing. So you're, you. you're amazing too, Terrence. Okay. So, um, I want to ask you if you were to give advice, say they asked you to come speak at a fireside. I just want to know what advice you would give, um, women and men that are, have been in your same situation and they are deciding, you know what, I think I want to date again. I think I want companionship. I, what advice would you give to them? Sarah, you go, will you go first? Well, I think, um, I think, I mean, I think for women, you need to be careful and cautious. I think there's a lot of different people out there and there are widows that get taken advantage of financially. And um, so that's kind of a, a common theme. And then I think um, um, yeah, you, I, I kind of believe in taking it slow and trying to get to know. Someone. I had to push her real hard to get it, to get us married that fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Terrence, what advice would you give? Um, I've heard from different people uh, where they say they want a relationship, but they don't want it to interfere with their life. 
And I think that's an oxymoron. You can't have a relationship that doesn't interfere with your life. Bringing another person into your life is guaranteed to change everything about your life. And if you don't make room for another person or you're not willing to make room for them, well, it's probably never going to happen because they're going to feel that there's not space for them. Um, I One of the first women I, I talked with, I went on one date and um, she was just a very, very busy person. She had her own business and she was just constantly doing stuff. And I, I thought, um, she's too busy for me. I, I don't feel like I would be number one in her life. A priority. Anybody. Mm -hmm you know um sarah is a very busy person and she um has a lot on her plate a lot of things she's doing but when we were dating she always made time for me even if that meant putting off other things or having to work longer at whatever she was doing she would spend that time with me and when i was with her she was with me and that was really really important to me that's Sarah. <laughs> okay, so you two get married in September, right? Right. And um, I want you to share what is the best thing about being together now? So you've been married for three months. So what do you enjoy most about being married? Well, I think um, it's great having a companion again. And it's also great having that support and feeling like have somebody would have your back. I, I remember thinking after Jamie passed away, I thought, gosh, if I get cancer, who's going to take care of me? You know? And I remember one time driving myself to an emergency room because I had cut my head um, and I needed stitches. And I remember thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this by myself. I mean, it's just, it just felt like a low point because you had, after all those years, I'd had a spouse that helped take care of me and I took care of them, right? So <clears throat> for me, that was something that I really missed and just having a partner. And, you know, I say to people all the time, I feel like for the last three and a half years, I've been running a marathon um, because, you know, what Jamie and I had handled together, I was now handling alone. Um, and I was trying to keep up with everything. And I, you know, I had children that were a great support and helped me. I mean, you know, Kendra helped me manage a rental and Carter helped me so much take care of this house and Allie and Mason helped in other ways too. But you're still, ultimately you have all that responsibility on your shoulders. So I think it's really great to share that with somebody. Do you still feel like you're running a marathon? No, I feel like I can do more. And, you know, um, when my daughters met Terrence, right off the bat, they, they, we went to Arizona a couple of times. They really liked him. And one of the things that they said is they said, mom, I think he's really good for you. Just like dad was like, they felt he was calling for me because I am really busy. I do have a lot going on. So, um, and I was just visiting, we just were with Kendra last weekend in Arizona again. And she just said, you just seem so much more relaxed. Thank you, you know, Terrence. Uh, <laughs> um, I just, you know, you were, you were talking about things that I needed, you know, in a, in a spouse. And 
my mom, she raised uh, four, five boys and a girl, and she raised us to be able to do all the stuff outside, all the stuff inside. Even now, I ironed my shirts today. I mean, I just, I didn't need a wife to take care of me. I know how to cook. I know how to take care of myself. I, I, I didn't need that. I needed someone that I could take care of that needed me to bless their life. And uh, that was important to me. I needed someone. I knew that right away that I, I needed someone to take care of. And so um, that's, that's one of the best things. Um, early on when we were dating, I remember writing a message to her where, where I said, because um, I, like I said, I knew I, I knew I wanted to marry her within a couple of weeks. <laughs> and so um, I was always trying to convince her that, that this was the right thing to do. And, um, but one time I, I, I messaged her and I said, you know what, you're the, the first thing I think about when I wake up, you're the last thing I think about before I go to sleep. And every time anything happens in my life, you're the one I want to share it with. And I think for me, that, that was love. So how have you, um, I, cause I know that for both of you, uh, Jamie and Lynette are very, very important. Um, and I know that you're trying to keep their legacy alive. How are you continuing to do that now that you're both you're married? What are some things that you've done to, to continue their legacy? Well, I think, I think the thing that's most important is that, um, uh, I, neither one of us are are threatened or jealous of the, our former spouses, our late spouses. I mean, so we talk about them all the time. And, and I think that's really important for our children. I mean, my children need to still feel their dad's presence. And so we, you know, we talk about them all the time. We refer to them all the time. We try to keep some of our own family traditions alive. Um, you know, we've been there. Both of the graves a couple of different times together, yeah. take care of them, leave flowers, uh, those kind of things. You know, I have to tell you guys that that's because um, when Sarah and I would talk about you, you don't know this, but the night before you went out on your first date, I was with her. Oh. <laughs> I stayed the Hello. night with Sarah. <laughs> anyway, for our first date. Yes, we were oh, talking God. all about it. And so anyway, I was with her the night before your date. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that I loved is Sarah and I would talk as your relationship continued is that she wanted to, you know, still keep Jamie's memory and life, you know, important to her kids. And she loved that you were the same about your wife and there was no like competition or jealousy with it. And I just really admire that about both of you very much, because I don't think that's the case in a lot of situations. Right. So that's very admirable. I remember on our first date, um, and I, I knew, you know, I was a little nervous about that first date because unlike the other people that I had dated, I knew he was a recent, she has recently deceased. And so that it did make me a little bit nervous because I just kind of, you know, again, I kind of understood where he was, but he talked a lot about his wife on the first, his first date, Lynette. And then at a certain point, he said, oh, I probably, um, 
shouldn't. And I said, no, I, I like hearing about her because I felt like by hearing about her, I, I learned about him. And I think, um, yeah, there, it didn't bother me at all. You know, I asked them questions. I love that about you, Sarah. Yeah, Terrence. It's interesting how uh, for Lynette and, and Sarah, in some ways, are complete opposites. I mean, very, very different. But in the, the core important things of life, they're like almost identical. <laughs> so, you know, um, in the important things, I, I got one that was is just like my like Lynette, but you know, there's a lot of other things that are that are not that important, but you know that they're very different about. So it's been interesting to try to you know figure out what they like, what they don't like, you know, how to change, you know, why I do this or that or the other thing. And um, it's a give and take, you, you know, um, deciding how to serve that your spouse in the way that they want to be served because uh, it's very different than your, your other spouse. Yeah. And I actually, you know, were there things that you felt like, you know, with this second marriage, I really want to work on this, or I want to do better with that, or either, either one of you, did you, um, Terrence yeah. or Sarah, go ahead. Well, I think that, um, <clears throat> I think having been through what both of us have been through, and I think having lost your spouse, it's an it's experience that I don't think you can really understand until you go through it. And I do think it changes you. And, um, and I think your value system is different and what matters to you is different. <clears throat> and I think um, there are things I cared about before and things that could have upset me before or that I worried about for it that I don't care about anymore. Um, because, and sometimes when I see couples going through struggles, it's a little, um, and some of the things that they're disagreeing about, it, you know, my perspective now is I think, oh, that's so unimportant. And it's, and it's, um, but they have no idea because they can't really know it until that, that spouse is gone. And then they'll know how unimportant those things are. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that many times uh, that, you know, like my mom, when she passed away, my dad was a widower. Um, I didn't know what he was going through. I couldn't even, you know, imagine until it happened to me. And that's like, wow, I was a really bad son. I didn't support him the way I could have. But the fact is, until you lose your spouse, I don't think you can understand what that's really about. Um, the total loss of your future. Um, and uh, so now that we're, we found love and we're married and we're doing these things again. Um, you do, you just let things roll off your back that otherwise before might've been kind of a big deal and you would have made a big, uh, been upset about them, but you just say this just, those things just aren't important anymore. Yeah, because in the context of the issue versus the person being alive, there's no comparison. I mean, there just wow. isn't. I know that I'm and if you guys are like, no, we're not going to answer that. Can you share one thing that you're thinking of that you realize, you know what, that wasn't important. Just so those of us that haven't gone through what you've gone through, 
maybe we can take a second look and say, you know what, why am I doing this? You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, um, both uh, Lynette and Sarah are, they have a very clear idea of what they want about everything. And uh, she's a little OCD in some ways. Okay. And so um, I can see her uh, sometimes when I do something, uh, like today, I, I put this little <laughs> sign on the door, which she didn't want on the door. She wanted it over here. And she, well, Lynette would have reacted very, you know, this, that's horrible. You should never put it there, you know? And I can see it in her eyes. She's like, eh, I'm going to let that go. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think in the past, she would have been very similar. She's like, how did you, do, why would you have done that? You know? And then I can see it in her face going like, that's not important. I'm gonna let it go. So <laughs> I can see that sometimes, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah, can you think of anything that could help us, <laughs> help all of us? <laughs> um, I just think <clears throat> that when you're married to someone for a long time, you get to that point where I think sometimes you don't give them the benefit of the doubt because there's all this history yeah. and all these patterns. And, um, and if I, I, I text this to somebody within a year after Jamie passing, I, I said, if there is anything that I would do over again, I would not waste one minute of my time being mad at him. Because after he died, to me, that was such a waste. Um, <clears throat> there was nothing I can look back at I mean, there are things, but there is nothing really in the context of him dying that was worth my time being mad at him about <clears throat> and it, what did it solve. And so I guess that's kind of what I would say is that it's just not worth it. And you, uh, when uh, after Lynette passed, I, I knew that um, I hadn't been as good a person as I should have been, good a husband. And I consciously thought, I'm, this is like a do-over. I can be a better person now. I can be a better husband, a better you know, father, those kind of things. And so um, I really have concentrated on that and, and thought, okay, this, what I did in the past, I can now be different. I can be better than I was. And uh, not that I'm perfect at it, but I can see a, a different improvement. She doesn't know what I was like before, but, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't want her to know, not, not that I was a bad person or anything, but you know, I just, uh, as far as being patient and kind and, and just, uh, relaxed about things, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. That's wonderful. Okay. So, um, I want to ask you, it's, it's kind of a two-part question. It's the last question. So, what I ask everybody I interview is how do you seek light? But what I want to know is I want to know how the two of you seek light together. So I would like for, if you would both tell me what, how you two think, cause you might think totally differently, how you're both seeking light as a couple. And then I would love for you to tell me how you seek light individually. So as a couple, Sarah, how do you guys, how do you see you and Terrence seeking light together? Well, I think, um, 
for us, we try to go to the temple regularly together and we do try to pray together and, um, and then we serve together. And that's one of the things. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. I think that, um, I just feel like I have, because of how much he helps, you know, in my life now, I think that I have more time to serve and we really enjoy serving together. There was, we probably, oh, three or four evenings while we were dating where we went and visited widows in her, in her state and just talked with them and, and things. And uh, those are some of my favorite dates, those times where we were able to serve others together. So I think um, when, when she said that she wanted a, a, a man that she could serve with, that is also that's one of the main things i lynette and i and i know sarah and jamie we had all planned to go on missions we had all always planned to go on multiple missions as a matter of fact and uh and serve and when they passed those dreams kind of took a huge hit especially for me because men can't go on missions you know without a spouse so you know for me it was like <laughs> done you know um but to be able to serve the Lord and serve others together has, has been a big blessing, I think. Okay, so now, how do you serve light individually, Terrence? What do you do to fill yourself with light? Um, while we were dating, uh, I wrote a couple of emails to her talking about uh, more philosophical kind of things. And uh, I had mentioned that I had planned to be a marriage and family therapist when I was younger and got life derailed me another direction. And, uh, and she said, you know, you should be, you should become a therapist. And I was like, and the thought of doing that hadn't occurred to me in like 20 years. <laughs> and all of a sudden the spirit just like hit me. It's like, yes, you should. That's what's that's what you should be doing because I'm retired now. And uh, so last summer I started a master's degree program for American Family Therapy. Now it may take me a couple of years, but that's where I'm going. And I got to tell you, it, that um, goal, having something to do and something that I'm working towards, has has really been, I don't know, a spiritual thing as 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 well as a, an intellectual activity. So um, I think that's been very good for me. Sarah, how about you? Well, I think the way I try to seek light in my life is I try to um, have prayer be a part of all aspects of my life. And I just really especially felt after Jamie passed away that um, <clears throat> just uh it helped me so much and I felt you know like I didn't receive that answer to have to save him you know for him to survive but I felt I have felt that every other <clears throat> answer has been given me since then I mean that's really how <clears throat> how it's felt to me and so I really um for me I pray for my clients. I pray to know how to handle things. 
it's 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 an important part of my life and i really feel that when i do that that things fall into place even at work you know i feel great help from that well i want to um thank both of you for coming on tonight and talking to me and sharing how you found each other and Terrence for you sharing a little bit about your life before finding Sarah. And, um, I'm just so grateful that heavenly father puts you in each other's lives. And I think that you will be a force to be reckoned with in blessing the world because that's who you both are. I mean, I don't know you well as well as I know Sarah, but right. Sarah has always been so service minded. So I just want to thank you both for taking the time tonight to talk to me and share your story. You're welcome. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.